Hey friends, this is Hal and you're listening to Splunk Talk, a podcast where we like to talk about Splunk. Yeah, I feel like Austin Powers right about now. Anyway, today's episode is an interview we recorded recently with Leslie Hasvold, the showrunner for .conf, the yearly Splunk user conference. Hope you enjoy and hey, don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. Jeremy, if you would please redirect the audience, that would be awfully kind. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Leslie Hasbold, I am the director of corporate event marketing here at Splunk. Um, among many other things, my team is responsible for the operations of the .conf uh, user conference. Um, and of course, we partner closely with Katie, who's content, and Sarah and Carrie, who are systems. Um, but so half of our year is pretty much 100% dedicated to making sure .conf happens. Um, and I came here via a, many of the big brands in the Bay. Um, I've worked on VMworld, Cisco Live, Dreamforce, Sweet World, Knowledge. That may be it, but so, I've been a user conference dork my whole career. Awesome. So what, what were some of those types of activities that, uh, let's take, you know, VMworld and, and uh, Cisco Live, for example, the first two you mentioned. What about them? So what, what has been your background? Is it, it content marketing event? You know, uh, what I've always been in operations. Okay. Yeah. Um, when I first started in this business 20 years ago, the first thing I did was take the teeny tiny little electronics firm that I was working for to a trade show. And I walked on the show floor in the Los Angeles convention center and the skies opened and the angels sang. I had no idea this was something you could do for a living, especially when your degree is in criminal justice administration. Oh, hey, that's relevant. <laughs> Not marketing. Um, and after about six months of working in trade shows, I transitioned to conference operations for Microsoft developer conferences. And then I moved from there into user conferences. And it's been that way for 18 years. So now, what you Microsoft thing, what, what is that? How have you so I worked for a company called Fawcett Technical Publications. And we licensed with Microsoft. So I never worked for Microsoft, but I did boss Microsoft people around, which was super. Hal has a, uh, a well-established podcast based in the world of Microsoft. Ah. Yeah, I, I've been to many a Microsoft uh, event. Uh, so perhaps uh, like TechEd, did you ever do things with TechEd? Uh, um, so we, we did... Um, we exhibited at TechEd, but that wasn't my thing. My thing was that was it started out being VBits and ended up being VS Live. And okay. so we had, a, yeah, Visual Basic and C Sharp and SQL and a whole bunch of other stuff that we uh, trained developers on. Awesome. So yeah. you're, you're at Splunk. You've been here how long? Uh, almost two years. Okay. Neat. So... Tell us about, um, you said that half of your entire year and you're the, t you know, the, the team around you and, and a lot of associate teams is spent on comp. So, uh, you know, going back to, you know, we had the last conference in October of, of 2018. When do you start planning um, the next show? So I'm technically already planning 24 and 25. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it truly is a year-round thing, but we're not full-time focused on it until the springtime. Um, my team also does Splunk Live, and we support operations for SCO, and um, a couple of them are doing Partner Technical Summit and Global Partner Summit. So um, 
we're, we're busy throughout the year and we're planning .com pretty continuously, but it's a full-time haul starting in the spring. Okay. That makes sense. So yeah. your background is on these user conferences. Can you tell me what are the elements that make a, a really compelling user event? Mm. Content is king. Um, and so we, we have a, we have a couple of different charters for .conf. Um, one of them being to make sure that we're bringing the content that our customers want to the show. Um, we get a lot of people in Splunk that have a lot of really great ideas about um, what I, we want this session. This is going to be a great session. That's going to be a great session. But ultimately, it comes down to what our customers want. Um, and we are talking to them throughout the year. And we're surveying them. And we're, and we're learning about their buying habits um, as we develop content with product marketing. Um, and then, of course, the general sessions are a huge deal for us because that's when our executives get on stage and talk about our vision and our roadmap and where Splunk is going to take them on their careers and their journeys. Um, and of course this year, how we use data to everything, which we're gonna talk a lot about starting on September 18th. Um, and then we of course focus really heavily on our partner ecosystem, which you see in the Source Pavilion and on the show floor. Um, and this year um, we are bringing a lot of new Splunk activations so showing our customers and our partners that are on site the really interesting ways that you can use Splunk that you wouldn't think of. Um, for example, last year we Splunked ping pong, which it wouldn't occur to you. Um, but this year, one focus that's really important to me and my team is making sure that even though we're going through this um, brand shift and um, category development, and we are in high growth and we are no longer your teeny tiny little 3000 person grassroots conference, um, that we wanna make sure that we maintain the splunkiness of the whole thing. So it's it's our charter to make sure that there's still quirky, there's still fun, there's still a little irreverent um, uh, while we're building this big corporate um, existence that's benefiting everybody, but we don't wanna alienate our core users. So our users are our focus. So how do you walk that line between, uh, I mean, you just said it, the, the users, what they want, the, the culture, and then corporate, hey, this is coming down from on high. This is yeah. some sort of fake thing that we're, you know, we're trying, oh, we, we've read the studies and this is what it says that we should do. Um, I did a lot in the, the kind of influence marketing um, before joining Splunk and, and some helped some during, and that's, that's a line you have to walk there as well. Yes, Absolutely. Um, so from the main stage uh, is when we'll be doing the majority of the corporate message. Um, the, the big message of this is how big brands are using Splunk, this is where we're taking Splunk, this is how we can take you along with us. But when you're walking the show floor and you're experiencing the parties and the networking and the activations that are on the show floor um, and the t-shirts that are still being given out that are not going to be hot pink, um, we hope that our users will still feel that we're there, that our core is still there, um, that we're still having fun with it, that we're still in on our own jokes, um, and, and we haven't flipped to the VM world side. I mean, there's a reason I left those brands, right? I don't want to work for your grandfather's technical conference. I want to work Except for... the person with colored hair. I know, right? <laughs> Speaking of the power. 
I know. I, I am on brand, and I will be. I will have the gradient at dot com. So be oh, prepared. What, what is the gradient consist? Oh, the gradient. Full rainbow. The gradient. You know. It's so the the dot com branding is is hot pink into orange, and uh, I've I've got my PMS chips, and I've got my colorist at the ready. So. So anyone who's following uh, near a computer, if you check out conf.splunk.com, you can see uh, kind of a uh, living our, our uh, Splunk values as one of them being disruptive. Uh, we're disrupting ourselves, right? Because in years past, we had a single color. And this year, we've, we've gone plaid. We've gone gradient. <laughs> yes. And so for those just listening to the audio, um, Leslie has and she has pink hair. We should legitimately do plaid one year, though. That'd be awesome. Mike Dupuis would be very proud. <laughs> I, I'm all over it. I, but Birch is a better marketer than I am. I didn't, didn't even occur to me to mention going to the website. Oh, the website conf.spunk.com. <laughs> That's the website. Oh, conf.spunk.com. Okay. <laughs> Leslie, if if I'm interested in going to conf and I haven't yet registered, when's the deadline? He said, uh, there, <laughs> uh, there actually is no deadline to register. You can register on site. Um, unlike last year, this year we've moved into a venue that has lots and lots and lots of space. So all of our uh, raving fans can come and hang out with us in Las Vegas. So, so I maybe, should wait till the last minute and it won't cost me anything different? Uh, if you register on site, it will cost you a couple hundred dollars more. I know. But it is the hottest ticket in town, even though it's Vegas. Well, I mean, should we talk about kind of the specifics of the show um, as far as we, it's in Vegas? Uh, it's at the Sands Conference Center, uh, Convention Center, right? Nation um, Sands. How, how many people? How many sessions? What are the, the types of uh, your themes? Why don't you kind of go into the... the, the and why aren't we doing plaid? You know, the usual question. I was told there wouldn't be a test before we started. No, no, no. I said you will only be tested. Oh, shit. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Ooh, am I going to get late? <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out later. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's not our problem. We have a producer for that. Okay. Hey, um, on, that so <laughs> it is uh, October 21 to 24 at the Venetian Sands Expo. So we're in both all of the meeting space in the Venetian as well as the exhibit halls in the Sands. Um, it is, there will be... Um, 400 sessions between breakouts and theater sessions and um, general sessions, super sessions, uh, right? It's, it may just have tipped over 400, but it's about 400. Um, we're gonna have about 80 plus uh, partners and sponsors on the show floor. Um, we'll have, we're expecting about 11,500 people on site, which is- That's a lot of mouths to feed. It is a lot of mouths to feed. It is, and at the end of the show, we will have metrics, what with us being all about our data, we are going to have metrics about things like how many swimming pools worth of coffee were served that week. Nice. Yeah. So I have some questions. I have some. Uh oh, okay. One is, okay, 11,500 people. Other than being told by, you know, Doug, hey, you need to grow the conference by blah, 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 blah. How, how do you know in advance how where you're going to end up, roughly speaking? That's a very good question, and we use data. Okay. 
So we just look at growth trends over the over the last few years, growth trends, and we take into consideration what city we're in, how much it's going to cost for the attendee to be there. Um, and uh, if, okay, well, this one's probably going to pull more from the West Coast, so we're, we may grow a little bit more than when we were in Orlando, say, or when we're in Washington, D.C., we have a pretty good idea that our public sector um, segment is going to be huge, and so that will inflate the numbers just a little bit. Um, the sleeping rooms in Las Vegas are less expensive than sleeping rooms in San Francisco, for example. So those are the kinds of things that we take into account. Okay, awesome. And have, have you set any, I mean, the easy metrics and the easy goals that I, that I imagine everyone can assume are like the number of breakout sessions, uh, number of attendees. Are there any like behind the curtain, interesting kind of metrics that, um, that are important to, to your organization, but we may not see as consumers of the conference? <sighs> That's and, a good tell you, and I like that question too. If there's anything that you can't touch on because we shouldn't know about this yet, you could talk about what we've done last year. Um, if there's something that I can't answer, I will flat out tell you I will not answer that question. Oh, yeah. So where's the party this year? I can't tell you that question. So, but the one thing I do want to say, I keep having to set expectations. We are not in Orlando. There are no amusement parks in Las Vegas because Las Vegas is its own amusement park. So we're doing the best we can to create a really fun and special and unique experience. Um, and I think we're going to announce that um, right around, it'll be the middle of September. I think we're gonna announce it internally September 12th and we'll announce it externally in the middle of September. I have a um, you're sandbagging and that it's gonna be incredible. Um, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun, but people get really excited when they get to go to an amusement park when it's a limited number of people. Um, so it's, it's, it's more of a, um, it's more of a themed ground up build experience, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited about it. Can, can we have Bon Jovi? No, no. Wait, how much budget do you have? I, I think we have $12 left. Yeah. I, I think we, we checked the kitty right before the show. They're, they're way higher than that. I'm afraid. Bon Jovi. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their stock has gone down. I mean, last time I checked, they were just living on a prayer. <laughs> oh, ooh, that was good. <laughs> but let's, um, I didn't want to forget your question, Birch, the, yes. about the metrics. Like, what are the things behind the scenes other than attendees and, and that are obvious to? What, what are some interesting metrics you guys draw from and, and watch for? So um, we pretty much count anything and everything that we can count. Um, we sit down with Rob, Christian, and Rosie Sennett and the rest of our team um, right around this time, we had a few meetings last month, um, to just go down the list of everything that we want to look at, everything that we want to pull from this program, um, not only to make it better next year, but to just help inform us as to what's working, what's not working, um, what's being utilized, what's not being utilized. Um, so when we're looking at sessions, for example, yes, you know for a fact that we're looking at butts and seats, and you know that we're looking at um, how the speaker rates, um, but we're also looking at how many people registered versus didn't show up, how many people didn't register but showed up because maybe there was word got out on site that this was actually a really good speaker that people need to go to. Um, we look at, um, oh my gosh, my mind's just gone blank. Um, 
We look at um, what about when you said butts and seats and, and like you know where people are going, the movement patterns, the um, like the layout of the the different uh, you know kiosks mm -hmm. and pods and such. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so we move sessions around based on how people are registering for them. So you're not even going to know on site until you get on site what room a particular session is going to be in, mm -hmm. and even then it can still potentially be moved. Um, and then from there, we use a lot of that data to work out safety and security planning. So that's a really, um, that's a really, really modern and I sound like I'm being sarcastic. I'm not like, I am really impressed at the idea that like in years past, we've had a full on schedule posted on the website before the conference. And mm -hmm. there has been, um, uh, dissatisfaction if like a room had to get moved and it wasn't necessarily reflected on the website, but it was updated in the app. And while, you know, you can tell everyone, check the app for the latest out of thousands and thousands of people, there's always right. gonna be some that miss it. So always. what I just heard from you is that that actually, not only will that hopefully not be a problem, but we'll be in a more dynamic situation where based on the interest, we'll be dynamically allocating what rooms are assigned soon before the, the session. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes, not a bug. Data. Yeah. Um, and, and as I was mentioning, we use that data from a safety and security standpoint as well. Um, because that way I know if I have a thousand people moving from here to here or 10,000 people moving from here to here, and I can have our safety and security staff at the ready to make sure that people are moving safely and quickly and cleanly, elevators up, elevators down where they need to be. Um, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes with regards to that, that you just don't typically think of. Mm -hmm. Do you find that um, venues in, in Vegas, I, I have to imagine these days are, are just uh, significantly more assertive about having best practices when it comes to security and with these conferences? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yes. well, it, it's, uh, it's really interesting from a data perspective, uh, what with me being a geek of data, just the idea that like, yes, we live in a, a world that's ever changing and, and there's risks and everything, but, um, you know, pick up a Wired magazine someday and, and you'll see something in there in like every one of them about how security organizations are using data to uh, help identify like Chicago magazine for those. Yeah, right. Chicago, I remember uh, in like the early 2000s was talking about using, hey, there you go. Even uh, your event marketer reads wired. Yep. Yeah. Also, <laughs> uh, still gets physical magazines. Um, yes, I, I know. I'm analog. How Chicago was using uh, like echolocation, like sound um, to triangulate the sounds of gunshots to identify yes. like, where an incident would be without having to rely solely on uh, people on the ground reporting it. So yes. stuff like that, it's, uh, yeah. it, I'm sure they've picked up their game. Yeah, so, and I, you know, this, this is an elephant in the room. I know this wasn't, this probably wasn't going to be a part of this conversation. Um, this but is all I wanted to talk about, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, the world has changed and there is a hyper awareness that the world has changed. And if you are going to go be in a building with 11,000 people in Las Vegas, um, you want to know that you can feel like the organization is taking care of you. And there are a lot of things that are happening behind the scenes. Um, some things you'll see on site, a lot of things you won't see on site that we're doing um, to do our best to make sure that our attendees, our customers, our partners, and our employees um, are as safe as we can make them. 
and, and I think it's really impressive um, because you know you'd think as a, a customer you might go into an event like this thinking like well, are they taking security seriously? Because they're probably just focused on providing a great marketing event or, or something cynical. Yeah. Like that. And yeah. uh, while this, we got into this topic from a pseudo data, pseudo what a world we live in, um, it's actually comforting to know that like, no, this is a, a top priority. This is something not only we take seriously, but, but the venues take seriously. And uh, I'll say, especially in the years past, it hasn't felt like a different event in any way. It still feels splunky and um, you know, you don't, right, I mean, it shouldn't, right. I mean, that's, we're, exactly. we're there for it a should. reason and that yeah. reason is not, you know, to, to have, you know, this, uh, obvious security that that's kind of in, in our faces. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that's yeah. the, the challenge of doing it, doing it well, right. Is, is to make sure that's not something disruptive. Yes. Yes. Um, so, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, no, no use. I was, was going to swing us a little bit back to data. Yes. Oh. Let's do there we Although go. I have a random uh, question before you swing back to data. And I want to talk more about the content. But I have a question about the coffee breaks. So what is the deal where, like, I go outside of a, of a room and I expect there to be a caffeinated beverage and there isn't? I feel like there's some sort of a plan there and I'm, I'm unaware of that plan and I wasn't synchronized with that plan. And this happens at not every show, not every sport conference, but it happens often enough that I want to know your side of the story. Um, a couple of different, a couple of different sides to this story. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to open the kimono just a tiny little bit here. Um, people are not aware that a gallon of coffee at an event costs about $115 plus service plus tax. So a gallon of coffee is about $170. Wow. And yes, we, you people, our customers pay to come to .com and we want to give them the best experience possible. And they paid for that cup of coffee. Um, but the problem is that uh, we are beholden to a budget based on um, our attendee tickets and our um, sponsorship revenue. And mm -hmm maybe too much information, but this is not a revenue generating event. When a customer pays to come to .com, it's not going into Doug Merritt's pocket, it's going into the production of the program. Um, so the more of you there are, the more I can invest back into the show. Mm -hmm. um, and when it's a $170 gallon of coffee and we have thousands of gallons of coffee, it adds up. So we have to pick and choose. Do you want more liquor at the search party? Do you want more coffee at the break? Yeah. <laughs> well, just put them together. Um, one of the, I, I, I love I love these like these like odd oddball factoids like Freakonomics kind of subtleties yeah. like what you wouldn't expect. And this was one of my favorites when we were having. Um, I, I learned about it when we were just having a like a, a team meeting at a hotel, and we got there and there was no coffee. And the person in charge said. Yeah, they were charging, let's just pretend, they were charging $1,000 to do coffee for the day. So yeah. uh, it's actually cheaper if you all just go out and do a coffee run and I'll go bring in yeah. a box of Joe or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's when it hit me. Of course they do because mm -hmm. like it, it, they have you, like they have you for the event and everything. And it's like, it, it's, it's, it's a product, it's a service. It's yeah. And you will pay for it. Yes. Yes. Okay, and, cool. you know, I, 
we don't we as show management we don't always like to spill that particular secret that it honestly that it comes from. I know. <laughs> um, but it's important for people to know the whole show, Birch. The whole series. <laughs> yeah. That when they're coming to when they pay to come to this program, um, it's it's you're investing in the program. You're not investing in anything else. It's um, yeah, every dollar goes into the program. I, I feel like uh, I, I rarely ever see like a run out of coffee. Like oftentimes I'll see people who are like at snack breaks or something who are like, uh, uh, where is it? I didn't see any coffee. And it was like, oh, it's just around that hallway right there where all the people were. Um, so uh, yeah, those yummy snacks. But no, we I, can go back to data now. That's okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So. Um, we are, this is the first time ever that we're having an on-site fully working sock. So the event network is going to run through this sock, um, and we will show data. So it's, uh, we'll have monitors on the outside of the sock that will have live data and inside of that room will be people actually working on the network real time that will be on the source pavilion floor. So people should go check that out. Um, and honestly, the reason I got stumped when I was trying to tell you what we're pulling data from is because we're literally pulling it from everything. Um, anything that an attendee experiences on site, um, we may not know that John Smith did X, Y, and Z, but we know how many people did X, Y, and Z, and we know how they felt about it. Out of curiosity, any idea how many John Smiths are registered this year? It would take me a minute to look at, but I could tell you. <laughs> I have that technology. Oh, Sarah, Sarah I, let me have that technology, but I have it. I, I love that idea uh, for having the sock on site. Um, are there specific things that you, we would do differently in this sock, in a show sock, uh, as opposed to you know a corporate sock? Or did you have specific goals that were you know kind of kind of like your product requirements, right? Um, we're talking to my head. Well, no, you yeah. had to be able to show it off, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so this sock is a, is a fishbowl. Um, so you're going to see the equipment in there. You're going to see the people that are working in there. Um, it's a fishbowl from about waist level up. We don't need to see their tennis shoes and the spaghetti wires on the floor. Um, but yeah, it'll be a fishbowl. Yeah. <laughs> um, with monitors on the outside so that you can see what's going on in there. So I have a sock uh, event story. This is this is relevant to our, to our discussion. So I was at Cisco Live a few years ago. Um, I, I went to been to a bunch of Cisco Lives, and and they um, they Splunked the network, and Splunk was a big big partner. Is, is a big partner with Cisco, and and this was all done in the in the open. And part of their sock that they did at their show, some of that data or, or much of the data was in Splunk. So of yeah. course we use that, you know, in our booth. And in discussions with customers, oh hey, by the way, you know the sh you know the, the the check it out. Here's here's a Splunk information. Oh, this is about the show that you're doing right now. So and and Cisco came by and they gave us access to their Splunk instance that they were using for the show. L a little bit later that day, what happened was um, they came by a different group of people, some engineers, you know, and they they came by saying, hey guys, um, what are you doing over here? Because we've got like gigs and gigs and gigs of data coming out of you know this machine over here into your booth what is going on and it turns out that they basically did some uh they didn't write some searches well and it just kind of basically just pulled in all the raw events so 
you know, we were hitting their, their search head and it just was, you know, taking up a whole lot of network bandwidth. We were just showing <laughs> Splunk, but uh, yeah, yeah pretty cool stuff. So let me, uh, let me, let me play uh, least common denominator here. You know, hey, I'm just an old time IT ops person. What's the sock you speak of? And why are they, why are they not wearing them on their feet? And how is Splunk used? And are sock? they plaid? And are they plaid? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what? Um, socks. Um... So, so first, fun fact: I was on the team that built the first knock at Splunk Live. <gasps> Neat. I uh, know. Yeah. Um, so you can't ask an event marketer a ton of technical questions. So, of course, I, I would say, that is, our, well, is but... our security operations center on site, and it's monitoring the the network at the show? Um, if you have any more questions, I would like to direct you. <laughs> To all of these other people over here. We know. To these other cubes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so is there a, an aspect of the show which is more exciting to you personally than other parts of it? What, what is your particular passion? When Does when Mama you... have favorites? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so for me, and one of the reasons that I love, okay, so um, First of all, I love interacting with our customers, and I know that sounds like pandering, and it's and I'm not pandering in any way. Um, I'm still close friends with many of my Cisco Live customers. Um, I, you know, if I'm in their town, I will visit them. We are still Facebook friends and Twitter friends. Um, I take I take our customers very seriously. Um, but one of the reasons I love this career so much is I love the the tangible product that my team produces. I get chills when I walk into the general session room and I see the trust going up and I see the lights and I see the giant LED screens that are being tested and I, I hear the music blaring. I hear the Foo Fighters blaring in a room that's going to hold 11,000 people in a couple of days. Um, same thing with the search party. I just, I love to watch it build because it is just, it's a tangible it's a thing that I can, we did this. We all did this and look at how awesome it is. I love that so much. So you're saying we're getting the Foo Fighters? I, that's not. what I heard. That's we're not. We're not. Although I, every year at Cisco Live, every year I fought for the Foo Fighters <laughs> and they got them after I left and I was pissed. Ugh. Yeah, I can... There's something to be said about the fact that you were fighting for the Foo Fighters. There is, but that's beneath you. You joke better than that. Okay, enough of that. Too. <laughs> uh, what happened uh, whenever I would go to uh, shows, including Cisco Live, is one of my wife's favorite acts would be the show that she and she's not at. It. You know, she's at home with the kids, and and, and she's yeah, like, oh, great. You got to see yeah. him or her. That's that is rough. <laughs> um, but, actually, last year. At least last year, you had like a really great. Was it the first time run um, session? Are you yes. doing something similar? I am. I'm doing a first time run session. So tell us um, what first time run is first of all. So so okay. So there's first time run. There's a booth at the show floor that is the official first time run booth. Um, that's wild and wacky and weird. And even if you're not a first timer, you still have to go because that's where you see people with unicorn heads oh, right. and. Yep and whirly things and macaroni art and a bunch of other stuff that you would never expect to see. But those folks 
um, will help you guide your way through um, .com. They'll help you guide your way through the app showcase and when what you're interested in, in seeing or experiencing or looking at, they will help walk you through it. Um, are they, are what contractors, I do, right, that, that we get just for the event? <laughs> no. No, they're, they're they are old they are spunkers. Yeah. yeah. You guys have to ask me the guiding questions. They are absolutely spunkers and they're the weirdest spunkers of all and that's really saying something. Um, and then what I do, which last year was the first time we did this and I'm a ham and I like to be on stage. And so that's why I do it, um, is a first time run session. That's basically how to.com, um, for newbies, it just explains to you what.com is and the best way to navigate it from an operational standpoint. And if you've been here for years and years and years, it's a good way to get a handle on what's new this year, what you don't want to miss that wasn't here last year, that maybe if you didn't go to the left side of the show floor, maybe you wouldn't have seen it. And I'll tell you all about it. And that will be Monday night at four o'clock, right before the welcome soiree. Oh, neat. So the idea is like, uh, what do they call it? The, the paradox of choice, like with so many options, so many sessions, so many, like the, the show floor, like, by the way, every time we say show floor, for some reason I hear show far. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> Like the yeah. I'm a backgrounder. It's the source pavilion. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, help helps navigate all of uh, help, helps you feel comfortable and confident with the choices. I, I didn't. Oh, whoops! I missed this session. And right. Yeah. Actually, what, um, what happens if I miss a session? What if there's two things at the same time and I wanted? I, I can only. You do guys it. are so good. You're so good. Okay. So there are two ways. Oh, you heard my knock, knock, knock. Uh, I no, that was me testing Jeremy. Jeremy <laughs> no, no, I got a, I got my own knock, knock. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, so there are two different ways you can catch up on sessions if you happen to miss them. And I know that building a schedule um, is, it's a little overwhelming. There's a lot going on and everything is fantastic and amazing. Um, so on site on Wednesday and Thursday, if you missed a Tuesday or Wednesday session and it's in our top 10 or 15, we will have a replay bar in the Source Pavilion um, where you can go and just click through and select and sit with your headphones and listen and watch the slides. Um, but Wait, after that, of a session that, that had already happened in the same show? Uh, yes. So the day, so we look at the top sessions from the day prior mm -hmm. and we'll have them running the following day in the replay bar. That's we crazy. did that last year too. Last year was the first year we did that as well. I, I did. Um, and then, well, see, you should have come to FTR class yeah. and I would have taught you. Um, and then also after .conf, uh, we upload all of the breakout sessions, um, slides and audio, and they're on .conf online. And if you are a, um, a registered .conf attendee, you will have access to those sessions for the next year as well as the sessions for 17 and 18, which are open. Um, so, and that'll be at conf.splunk.com as well? It will. Is it, okay. You mentioned if you're a registered uh, person, does that mean, are we making an adjustment to what's uh, available? Yeah, that was gonna be my question. Yes, we are gating to attendees for the current year. Oh, okay. and then after that year, does it become public or something? And it opens up, yes. Ah. So non-registered attendees for .conf 19 can still watch 17 and 18. Registered attendees for .conf 19 can watch 19 until 20. And then 19 will open up. Interesting. 
Well, I do have to say that one of my favorite uh, so, so, I mean, I'm, I'm a sales engineer and, and part of my job is teaching and sharing of knowledge with my customers directly. And one of my favorite resources to do that is the Conf online website. Mm-hmm. And I, I send people to that thing all the time. So thank you for that. It is great stuff. And, and I mean, if you go to the show and you sit in a session for every available moment that session is offered, you're still going to miss 300 sessions. Yes. There, you, you as a human being can potentially take 13 sessions, um, but nobody does that. Literally, literally nobody does that. Yeah. I can show you the data. You should Um, have seen when I was a customer. (laughs) Um, but yes, so there's, and there are 350 official breakout sessions plus 50 other sessions. Um, so yeah, you, there's no way you could take in everything that you want to take in. So online after the fact should hopefully be helpful. Can I tell you guys a little, a little secret? Can I open my kimono a little? Yeah. Um, I, I just realized how much of a nerd I am about conf because I download every single breakout session after the conference every year and I have them all streaming on my Plex server, my like personal gated Plex Gee. server. So when I'm traveling for work, some people watch Netflix, <laughs> watching Comfrey plays. Nice. nice. I'm grateful to you, but yes, you're a big nerd. Well, <laughs> you are. I, I remember before the Conf Online website existed though, and there was no other way to do it except you had to scrape the the content. You had to grab the P, uh, PowerPoints and the... Um, and the mp4s and there was a way to do it and somebody would put up an answers post you know here uh, or or on slack or something and here's how to grab all the sessions you know or, or there might even be a splunk app sometimes um but no once that conf online website made it more easily accessible that was a huge deal great i'm glad people are using it that's another data point that we pull which sessions are people re-watching mm-hmm. um we uh in it when we stream the keynotes how many people are watching those keynotes live? What's the dwell time? Where are they from? I'm, we, we pull data from everything. Um, we do have, we do maintain um, our privacy commitment to our attendees. So we don't give or use names, um, but we want to know, we want to know what the behavior is so that we can adjust and make it better for everybody the following year. Like we don't, we can't pin out specific people, but we know at scale, what are people watching? How many unique people right. are they? Yeah. Correct. Correct. So is there, um, is there something new in the show this year that's not been done before that you can talk about? Sure. Sure. Um, I'm trying to think of my new and noteworthy slide that I have. <laughs> um, so one thing that we're doing this year, what's that? What, you're such a good improviser. You, you, uh, you, you say yes and before. <laughs> yeah, I do. A yes and. I yes and. Um, so <clears throat> we do have, um, we're calling it the Parsing Pipe Hall. And it is, so last year, if you remember. Oh, it's in, uh, in Nevada now, right? What's that? The Parsing Pipe Hall. That's now legal in Nevada <laughs> for not just yes, medicinal it, reasons. Okay. It is, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I don't know that you should be encouraging our customers to be out doing all that stuff. Um, but uh, so remember how last year um, registration had some sort of additional things happening in it. We 
we flipped the uh, registration counters and turned them into charging and we put the UX testing over in the corner and the replay lounges over in that corner. Um, we are blowing that up and turning that space into a conference hub. So you'll walk in and register and you'll walk out of registration, you'll pick up your backpack, you'll walk out of registration and into this big huge space that has a bunch of Splunk activations and activities. So that's where hands-on lab will be, um, the um, uh, diversity and inclusion, community booth, Splunk for Good booth and activation. Um, and there will be some activities sprinkled throughout there that I am not gonna talk about yet, um, but there will be um, activities that people can do. Um, most of them are collecting data points so that we can um, get some learnings from those activities. They'll still be fun for the attendee, but they give us information that we can act on. Um, it'll be a fun place to hang out um, and it will be open more than the source pavilion will be open. So we hope that a lot of people hang out in there, spend time in there, do the activities, have the experiences. Um, it'll be fun. What is it when you say uh, activations? What, what do you mean by that? So last year, uh, one of our sillier activations was the green screen pony cup ride. Do you remember that? Yeah. Um, so that's an activation. Um, we had a booth where you could do a million data points video last year upstairs. That's an activation. Oh. So, yeah, yeah. So we have a couple of different things that are activities that people can do or an experience that they can have um, that uh, there's some objective that comes out of it, some element of data that comes out of it. Um, kind of like audience participation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, have you seen trends in these? Because I've definitely noticed um, at some point it, it became the thing to put a bike, you know, a stationary bike in a show, and then you start seeing them everywhere. Are there, are there trends like this in the industry? Yes. Um, we're truly trying to create something that's experiential. We're not just educating you and throwing a bunch of marketing at you. We want to give the customers, the attendees, something to do, something to walk away and say, I did this, I learned this, and I may not have otherwise been able to do that. Awesome. Even if it's just the gif of yourself writing an animated buttercup, that's still something that you're never going to be able to do out in the world. Yeah, yeah. No, I like it. I mean, it, it introduces a little bit of scarcity to uh, yes. Ex exclusivity to the event. Yes. And we're trying to build in um, uh, a little bit of education where one of them is going to be a sustainability activation, a, a, a sustainability experiment. Mm -hmm. um, it'll be fun because it's something that the attendees can interact with. But at the same time, we're teaching them a little bit about how the impact that they have on the planet. Okay. Awesome. So um, I think we need to, to wrap. Uh, our time here is pretty much at a close. Uh, Les, is there anything else that you'd like to leave us with? I, I'm sorry. I first, before, did I step me, Yeah, yeah. But well, no, no, that, that's all good. Um, Leslie, we're giving you a, a moment to, to think about any last words. Um, I, I'll, I'll be at, uh, at Conf this year. Uh, I'm happy to be uh, presenting best practices and better practices for, for admins, one of my, my favorite things to present. Uh, at at Conf, um, uh, Hal, will you will you be it, it, hanging out? Yeah, just go to conf.splunk.com. Go to the the uh, the session scheduler, and mine is the first one at the top. So go to it. Oh, nice. 
I don't know why that is, but uh, I'll be doing the uh, D- State of DevOps panel um, with uh, Deepak. Uh, your, oh, good Lord. I should not have done that to myself. Deepak, uh, the CTO of uh, Puppet uh, and uh, several other people that uh, Andy Mann from Splunk will be there and uh, three customers. It will nice. be awesome. Jeremy, will, uh, will you be also sitting quietly uh, at Conf? Uh, I will be sitting quietly. I can't guarantee that it will be physically at conf. Well, I think if you uh, better demonstrate your affinity for Star Wars, you'll have a chance. Well, you know, we'll see. <laughs> Maybe uh, Leslie can not on the, the video. Uh, he has a uh, Star Wars shirt and the background is Coruscant. That's right. And usually <laughs> I have lightsabers uh, sitting somewhere around. They're all, they're all recharging right now. Um, I say all because I do have a, uh, I, I don't want to admit how many I have. I have more than a socially acceptable <laughs> amount of papers. My, my bar mitzvah theme was Star Wars. <laughs> I didn't it was such a thing as a bar mitzvah theme. If I knew, I would have done this near my giant Millennium Falcon Lego and my little one. I have a giant one and a little one. But I just didn't know the company I was keeping. I have a uh, an Airbnb in Orlando, and we have a Star Wars themed bedroom nice. with a uh, with a bunk bed and and the, the sheets and the covers and there's yeah, a couple of corners and there's a when Death Star. On the the bed, are you sleeping in carbonite? <laughs> That's a good one. No idea. No idea. Yeah, my wife made me get rid of the Star Wars bed sheets when we got married. So, so, so by that you mean that they're just the closet? Exactly. Yep. They they uh they're they're sitting there in the garage with the air mattress for camping trips. And guys, this was a month ago. <laughs> oh no no no! Come on, it was it was four months ago. Four months. <laughs> Uh, Leslie, I stepped on your your final final thoughts for. I, I'm, this is the first time we're saying the name of the episode uh, for our our sweet little comfy talk. Comfy talk. I don't have a mug. I only have my special Duck Comp nineteen water bottle. Um. So it's everybody really should come to .com. That's all I have to say about that. Um, comp.splunk.com. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a pretty exciting year, actually. Um, we've got a lot of great customers on stage. Um, it is, um, a little, uh, we've got a little bit, a little bit different forward thinking messaging coming out of the main stage this year. Um, we're developing the, um, the Splunk presence on the source pavilion floor and in hall D, I think will be a lot more engaging for our customers. Um, our, our um, partner ecosystem is growing and they're really participating in a huge way, um, which means that they're interesting for our customers to go to as well. They have great stories to tell. They have great swag to give out. Um, and you don't want to miss out on the hoodie. I will be there. It will yeah. be fun. Hope to see and you. And you want to book before you go on site because the price goes up when you get on site. Mm. 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 Book now, book now. <laughs> so thank you very much, Leslie, for uh, hanging out with us and uh, telling us a little bit about Conf this year. It's my pleasure. I hope that my team doesn't listen to this and think I said anything too stupid. <laughs> Just stupid enough. Just, Just stupid, stupid enough. enough. <laughs> yeah, that's our tagline for the show. 
All right. Thanks for Or maybe I said something and they'll be like, oh my God, we weren't going to do that. And now we have to. So we'll see what happens. Foo yeah, fighter. Foo fighters. Yeah, that's no the takeaway. <laughs> Relax yourself. No food fighters. Yeah. I thought it was Bon Jovi. <laughs> oh, no. You're just living on a prayer. <sighs> I don't that's know good. that it works a second time, man. I think what I included saying? two different songs. <laughs> so, and I think that will be the wrap right there. Um, Leslie, thank you very much. Seriously. Thank you. Uh, I really appreciate the invitation. It was fun. Of course. Um, guys, anything for Leslie? Um, if, uh, if you walk out and uh, have any feedback or, you know, you're our first guest and this is our second recording. So uh, if you have any advice or feedback about ways that we could make guests experience better, uh, let us know in whatever way you feel comfortable. Okay. Cool. And if we do it again, I'll do full hair and makeup. Okay. <laughs> of the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you guys so much. See ya. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, before y'all yeah. cut off, um, what do you think, um, when, when can we realistically post it? I'm asking Jeremy about your workload, basically. So, uh, the good Lord, what the hell is happening on YouTube? Hmm. You can um, hit the stop streaming and then stop recording buttons now, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I hit stop streaming. Let me stop recording.